Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. In the Light is a nine-week study where we'll see the power and presence of light seen throughout Scripture. Here's Jacqueline. So I was, I was spending time with the Lord this morning in prayer, and He said, "Open up your study guide." And I don't reference the study guide often because the Spirit does shift and move as we teach and study scripture every week. But God was like, open up the study guide, reread, relook at what's in the study guide. So I'm like stomping my foot a little bit because I needed to finish what I had on, you know, my list of things I needed to pray about and talk to God about and read second Timothy. And, and I had clarity, like we're doing second Timothy and God's like, just open up the study guide. So I open up the study guide in full happy obedience. And I'm reading the study guide and I was a little sarcastic there. I open up the study guide and I'm reading through and God kept directing my eyes to the references up on the very top of our study guide page. So I opened up the first reference and I looked at it and I thanked God for that reference. That was a beautiful, beautiful passage to read. And I went through and as soon as I opened up Isaiah 58 and I read verse eight, my whole heart burned on fire we get to talk about something that I am so passionate about and it makes perfect sense that this is how we conclude our in the light study. We have been talking in the light, in the light, in the light, in the light. We've been looking around the world, the darkness of the world, the light of the darkness. We've been looking within our souls, the light within us, the darkness within us and how we are fully responsible. And then we sit here. And we have homework challenges that sit in front of us. We have everything that we studied in the light all this time wrapped all around our brains and our hearts and in our hands and in scripture. And we have questions. Now that I have this knowledge, now what do I do? Now that I have this vision, now what do I do? Now that I know that I'm not supposed to try to be the light, but that I am the light, how do I kickstart this? How do I, how do I carry this past this study? Have you ever done that? You've done this amazing study and then the study's over and you're like, oh, how powerful it is to get into scripture and take that scripture with you. Even if you're going into another study or another ministry or another season of life that what you learned and what you gleaned in scripture, no matter where you are in scripture, no matter what you're studying in scripture, taking that with you, how can you do that? We talked about that a little bit last week, didn't we? Find out what is your why. Find out what's your why as you open up scripture and then sit with Jesus. That'll carry you through. We're going to take that another heavy step deeper. You game? We get to talk about fasting today. Fasting. Hold that word. Hold that sentence that just flew through your head. There's a lot of us that we hear the word fast and we have an automatic response. Do we not? Like, oh, I have a memory. I have a statement. I'm. We have our statements. We have our thoughts. We have our questions that come with the word fasting. So hold the word fasting in your head. Hold that sentence. Block it. Maybe put it in a prison cell if it needs to be. Do something within your soul with that sentence. And think as we pray, my prayer is that you will, that the spirit will speak to you from our in the light study, whatever that scripture is that has been written upon your heart through the study. I pray that that will meet you where you are as we open in prayer. Listen to the spirit as he speaks to you this morning in prayer. Heavenly father, Lord, how grand and how gracious 
you are. The very creator of heaven, the very creator of earth came and dwelt among us, lived among us as the light of this world. And as you did so, Father God, you asked Jesus to call us the light of the world. Father God, you sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us so that we can fulfill our calling, that we can fulfill our very creation, that we can fulfill the very design in which we are the light of the world. Oh, as the psalmist say, Selah, may we breathe in your love. May we breathe in your light. May we sit, Father God, in your presence. May we bask so fully in your light for our growth, for our purpose, for our joy, and for your good pleasure. How sweet and how wonderful you are, our God. I pray that you'll be with scriptures. We open up Isaiah 58. Father God, I pray your words will be spoken today. I pray that you will lead us and guide us and bring us to our knees with such joy and such power. Father God, that is my prayer for our study today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Isaiah 58. Amazing chapter. Absolutely an amazing chapter. There's 14 verses. I am, don't believe we're going to be doing all 14 verses. But if we look in the specific center of Isaiah chapter 58, look at verse 8. Isaiah 58 verse 8. It says, then shall your light, take this personal, consider yourself, hear this promise. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. There are four promises in this one verse. And I love as we read the four promises in this one verse, I heard responses from our hearts. Things that we have prayed for, things that we have longed for, things that we meet the Lord for day in and day out. These promises in Isaiah 58 are so intentional and so beautiful and such a great way to end the study, isn't it? We're sitting, we're basking in the light, and the Lord says to us, Daughter, this is what I have for you. You sit with me. You own the fact that I have called you the light of the world. You accept that. You claim that. You stand in that. Watch. Just watch. My hand is on you. Your righteousness is going to go before you. Do you imagine that? you imagine that you have all those people in our lives? You have that relationship in our life. We have those meetings in our life. And you're thinking, how am I going to face this situation? He says, you sit in my light and your righteousness is going to go before you. So before you even step into that meeting hall, before you even step into that friendship conversation, before you embrace that conversation that you have to have with your spouse or with your child or with your grandchild, your righteousness has gone before you because you spent time in the light with me. Therefore, you are the light of the world. Now go. He's already been there. His righteousness in you, your righteousness has already gone into that meeting. Is that comforting? Comforting? There's bravery there, isn't it? 
Like, okay, I can do this. I can do this now, not because I'm empowered and I'm strong and I've enabled myself, but because I fell on my face before my God and I've basked in the light of his glory. And in that trust and that promise, I'm going forward. And I know that as I go forward in his righteousness and my righteousness in him has gone forward, he's coming behind me. Almost as if if we did a mistake in the midst of it, because sometimes that might happen, he's there behind us cleaning it up. What a beautiful promise is that? You say, sometimes I want to be the light and I really, really think I did a good job, but then there is that one sentence I said. Have you ever done that? And you look back and we as women overplay conversations, do we not? We know every word that came out of our mouth. We know every word that came out of their mouth. We know every word that did not come out of their mouth. And we tone and we depth and we analyze. And God says, I've gone before you. You walked with me and I went after you. Trust that I was present and I've got it taken care of. Don't you dare let your flesh overtake that. Don't you dare let Satan rob the righteousness of God over that conversation. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's got that taken care of. This is our promise. However, it's so important. It's so important when you see a verse that is so powerful and so big like this that we make sure we put it in context. Fair? This verse is so great and we want to and I encourage all of us. This is, I'm part of this. I don't have this verse memorized. I think it would be a beautiful, beautiful personal challenge if we all got a note card or a scrap piece of paper and wrote this verse out and pinned it somewhere. On the mirror, on the refrigerator, on the coffee pot. That's a good place to put a memory verse. Because if anybody's like me, you're having that coffee all day. Love me my coffee. Put that verse where you frequent often and get it in your brain, get it in your heart, wrap it into your soul. This is my personal challenge. This is my, literally my personal challenge. I invite you to join me. But it's so important to know the context of it. There's a promise from God for us, but there's also an action. There's an action. And this is being spoken directly to the Israelite nation at the time. And to sum up the beginning of Isaiah 58, what he's saying is, let's read scripture. Why summarize when scripture is literally on our lap? Fair? Isaiah 58, verse 1. And Father God, I pray that you will speak as we read your word. It says, cry aloud. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. How powerful is the start of this verse and then how much we want to crumble that quickly. Isaiah was called by God to cry aloud. Isaiah was called by God to not hold back. How hard it is when God says, I have a message for my person and I need you to declare this message to my person. And you're like, oh, but God, it's about sin. I don't want to do that. There are times I don't want to be a teacher. Those times happen when sin is on the table. To talk about the beauty of Jesus is so wonderful. To talk about the presence of sin is so difficult. But they're both so real. 
So important. God says to Isaiah, cry aloud. He says to Isaiah, do not hold back. He says to Isaiah, this depth, lift up your voice like a trumpet, as if there is a musical note of beauty in what he's about to say. And think about that. When your sin is being presented by the Spirit in preaching, in teaching, in time with you and Jesus, there is a musical note of beauty if we listen with the heart of hunger. But when a trumpet is played and ill-received, it hurts our ears, doesn't it? And you're like, oh, that was the wrong... I don't know anything about music. I didn't even know how to finish that sentence. The wrong note... When somebody plays an instrument with ill-perceived, it, it doesn't go out right. I would not want my son to practice the trumpet today. Guitar, sure. He's got a little bit of knowledge there. The trumpet, none. I would just picture like air coming through and it's awful. This is how we feel sometimes when we hear messages about sin because our heart's not open. Jesus says, those who have ears to hear, let them what? Here, This is the problem with the Israelite nation. This is the difference between the Israelite nation and women inseparable. Thank you for being part of women inseparable. There's a beautiful difference. And I pray you see it as we read this passage. He says to Isaiah, declare to my people their transgression. To the house of Jacob, declare to them their sin. Then he says these words. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness, as if they were a nation that did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. In quotes, why have we fasted and you see it not, God? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, God says, you seek your own pleasure. Behold, he says, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. In the day of your fast, you oppress all your workers, as if your day of your fast is all about you and your fast. Other people can do the work. Other people can live your life. Other people can continue on and do what you need to do in your absence, but you can't because you are in your fast. Everything that you do in your day of fast is about you and your day of fast. Everything that you're praying for is about what you want to pray for. Everything, Israelite nation, that you are doing in the legalism of fasting is gross to my ears is what God is saying. You're doing the evidence of it. You're refraining your body from the limitations. You're scarring yourself in ash and ripping your clothes in the tradition of the Old Testament fasting lifestyle. And all it is is to bring attention to you. God says, I don't like it. I don't want it. Don't fast. So God is saying to the Israelite nation. He says in verse four, behold, you fast only to quarrel. You fast only to fight. You fast to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Did you hear those words? Fasting like yours this day for the sake of fasting, for the image of fasting, for the display of fasting, for the religiousness of fasting will not make your voice to be heard on high. 
is such the fast that I choose. And this is what Jesus says. This is what God the Father says in verse 5. He says, a fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself. Oh, may we all pause. May we all pause on that sentence. Is it to bow down his head like a reed? As to spread sackcloth and ashes under him, will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Do you see the heart is missing in the Israelite nation? He says, I want your heart back. Jesus says, is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free? I wonder if we're hearing scripture of Jesus speaking in the New Testament of what happens to a heart when they're hungry for God. There's passages that are parallel to this in the New Testament. Is not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? And he asks that question. And every time we see a question mark in scripture, I implore us to stop and answer that question. Make that a personal challenge. No matter where you are in scripture, no matter what it is you and Jesus are studying together, if a question mark comes up, how would you answer that question? Always ponder that. Take that question personally. Sometimes the questions are obvious. Sometimes the questions are not. Sometimes they're not even meant to be answered by us. But do pause and ponder that question because perhaps it's a question we ought to answer in that season of our life. Verse 7, it says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? What a beautiful sentence when you think about fasting, isn't it? And I pray that that sentence answers whatever that blanket statement is you have in your head about fasting. Oh, but I can't go without food. Huh. Verse 7, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him, curious if a fasting opportunity is more than food. Maybe it's giving of your home, giving of your clothing, giving of your finances so you can buy clothing for others and not yourself. Verse 7 continues in with this final statement. It says, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. And then the inserted verse. Then shall your light, then, then shall your light break forth like the dawn. Then will your healing spring speedily. Then your righteousness will go before you. Then the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He says, if you're going to embrace this, if you want that light that we've been studying for nine weeks now, if you want that light, if you are claiming that light, if you're begging God for that light, if you're searching scripture for that light, for your, your baby and you're holding, you're treasuring that light in your eyes and you want this so intensely, God says, fast, but don't fast the way you think you ought to fast because of religious standards. And don't fast the way you think because of medical standards. Sometimes we get that confused. Well, my doctor wants me to fast for medical reasons, so I'm just going to substitute that as spiritual fasting. Can I give a little word of advice? Don't do that. If your doctor says do the intermittent fasting, do that. But that's not your time with God. That's you taking care of your health. 
do that. That's good. That's, that's good. But God is saying, don't get your religious fasting jumbled up with your heart. It's two different things. Don't get your medical fasting jumbled up with your heart. That's two different things. You, he says to his precious child, you, he says to he's saying this to you. Get your heart and give it to me. Spend time with me. And this is my charge as your sister in Christ. Today, will you get on your knees? Physically, get on your knees. Isaiah 58, open in front of you. And I know there's the response, but my knees don't work. I understand that fully. Sweet friend, I understand that fully. Seasons in my life have not allowed me physically because of issues. You girls know my story. If your body physically cannot get the knees on the ground, then don't break yourself. But if your physical body allows you to get your knees on the ground and your hands can physically open up Isaiah 58, will you put the Bible on the floor before your knees with your heart bowed before your God and say to your God, I want to fast with you to deepen the light within me. Selah. Will you say those words? Say, God, I want to fast. I want to fast with my heart and your heart. And I want to fast for the outpouring of your light and my light. And that's it. That's all I got. That's what I want. And you say, well, how, how long ought I fast? It's a good question. What are the rules? You love that question. What are the rules to fasting? Do I start in the morning? Do I end at sunset? Is it every meal? Is it food? There's so many questions that come with fasting, and they're all solid, all good, good questions. Can I give you the answer to every one of those questions? For those on podcast, I just shrugged. I have no idea the answer to your questions. I know the answers to my questions when I ask God, because I ask God, God, I'm going to fast. When do you want me to fast? And I'll sit there and listen. And there are times that he'll tell me the answer. And I ask again, just for clarity. Because <laughs> I'm like, can we try that one again? God will tell you. God will tell you how long. If you are in the season that you're learning what the voice of God sounds like, what the voice of God feels like within you, here's my challenge. Here's my specific challenge to get your foot into the, the door, if you will, of the world of fasting. Ask God for one day of the week. Don't, don't panic. Don't go too fast, too far. Ask God one day of the week. Can you give me a day of the week that would be good for me to meet with you with intentional fasting? And then listen. And whatever day comes to your heart, write that day down and hold on to it. Don't change the day. Don't say, but God, my agenda is already full. There might be a reason why God wants that day. Hold on to that very first day that comes into your heart. Write that down and promise that to God. He, he gave that to you. Honor that. He's trusting you with that. Honor that. And then ask this, God, what hour, just one hour, what hour on that day can I spend with you? 
just one hour. And whatever hour he tells you of that day, whether it's three o'clock in the morning, whether it's four o'clock in the afternoon, whether it starts at 6.32 to 7.32, whatever that time that comes into your head, and it might come into your head even right now as you're praying about it, write that time down, get your agenda, get your calendar, and write that hour on that day and set an alarm. Don't you dare not show up. God will be there. Meet him there. And spend that one hour, one hour with God. See what happens. We did this charge a couple years ago when we did our prayer and fasting. Uh, we did a study on prayer and fasting a couple years ago. And there's, there's smiles of, I, I remember. There are girls that did that challenge two years ago. It's two years ago that formed a habit of fasting since that time. Stories. Oh, there's so many sweet stories from that challenge that we did. Will you take that challenge? Some of us have fasted before. We don't, we've, we've taken that step and we want more. Have you ever done that? Like, oh, I learned prayer. Now I want more prayer. Oh, I've learned Bible study. I want more study. Have you realized the more you learn about Jesus, the more Jesus you want? I'm in a season of fasting right now. I, I, I love when God's like, tell your stuff. And I'm not going to tell all my stuff, but, but I'm in a season of fasting right now, a two-week season of fasting. God and I are doing a, a form of fasting I've never done before. So when I asked him, what do you want to do? Because he was laying on my heart. You've got to fast. You've got to fast. And I was asking God, what? What's this topic? And he said, the topic is sin. You need to fast about, about sin. And I'm not going to tell the whole context. Uh, there are a few people that know. The people that need to know, know. I'll leave that there. So I, I tell God, this is, this is my thing. We'll do this. How long? When do you want me to fast? When do you want to fast together, God? When are we doing this? He says, two weeks. I'm like, this is when I ask for clarity. So, hey, God. <laughs> How long do we want to do it this time? And he says, two weeks. So I ask a third time, you know, Gideon, how long is this fast? Two weeks is a long time. So I, I said, I'm in. I, I literally told God those two words. I'm in. So what, what do you want this fast to look like? And I, the first time I fasted, I was 18. I was fasting for a mission trip, um, for finances, for a mission trip. So that's when I learned how to fast, and I've, I've had an honor to fast with the Lord all these years. So I asked him specifically, what do you want these two weeks to look like? And he, he said to me, and I, I'm going to say this, and I'm shouldn't, I know I need to. He didn't cut out my, my fat. Can you tell I'm battling? I'm battling with the Lord as we speak. God says to me, I want you to eat only when you're offered food for the next two weeks. Okay, I have a husband who works all day. I have a son who works all day. I'm at home all day. That's roughly my scenario. Okay, eat, eat when offered, eat when offered. So we got this set. My husband comes home that night and he doesn't know this. I might even ask him not to listen to this until after my two weeks is out. Um, in fact, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. He comes home that night and like one of the first things he said when he walks in the, in the door, um, let's get something to eat. And he wanted to eat with me. And I'm praying with God, God, 
Does that mean I'm eating? Yes, eat with your husband. He offered me dessert that night. I don't ever eat dessert. He offered me a bowl of ice cream. Not an ice cream eater, unless it's Cold Stone. Totally different game. So I wanted to say no, because I didn't want ice cream. And God's like, eat when you're offered. Like, I would love a bowl of ice cream. Thank you. And he got so excited. My husband got so excited. He says, you want ice cream? Yes, I would love ice cream. <laughs> I sat with my husband on the couch, and we had a bowl of ice cream. The whole next day, the whole next day, he was home the next day. He fed me all day long. <laughs> like, I felt guilty. I'm like, God... I had never eaten and prayed as much as I ate and prayed that day. And I'm still in the two-week fast. I'm still in that process. But it is absolutely amazing how much my husband has been offering food since I did this commitment with God. My son asked me on a date on Friday tomorrow. My son and I are going out for lunch. I haven't missed one meal. <laughs> It's the strangest fast I've ever done. <laughs> it, it's, it's quite the game. And the things that I'm learning, the things that I'm learning about my God is overwhelming my heart. It's overwhelming my heart. Things that I've been asking God for specifically over the last six months, God is answering me through this time of fasting with him. Friend, you want to be the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You want to know what that looks like. Get on your knees. Open up Isaiah 58 and let his light shine over you. Say, God, I want to fast. I want to fast my heart and your heart. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you're asking me for. It's yours because I'm in your light and you've called me your light and it's all I got. And then do it. Trust him. Trust him so fully. Trust him so fully. He knows you. He loves you. He, the God that created heaven, is calling you closer to his heart. Wrap your head around that sentence. What is fasting? It's that. It's understanding that the God who created heaven is drawing you closer to his heart. Be embraced. Just be embraced. Father God, you're so good. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity um, to fast. Thank you for this opportunity to teach. Thank you even as odd as it is to myself to say this. Thank you for the opportunity to share the privacy of my fast publicly with my friends. I pray, um, I pray that Satan will have no, no room, no space in our time of fasting, that he'll have no room, no space in our time with you and our conversation about our fasting to one another. I pray that you'll use our opportunities to fast as encouragement to other people to have their opportunities to fast, that we will not be a nation that fasts out of religious duty, that we won't be a, a nation that fasts out of medical duty, but we'll be a nation that rises up and fasts because our heart is so hungry to be connected to your heart that's so in love with us. Oh, it's all about love. It's all about being drawn closer to you. I pray, I pray that you, we will say yes. That's my prayer. My prayer is that we'll say yes. In the glory and praise of the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. 
all these things for all of us, women inseparable far and wide. Jesus, we are yours. We're in. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to receive a copy of the guide for this study, or you would like us to pray for you, send us an email at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.